everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of Enchanted Chatter. Um, this is your host, Lizzie, and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Alicia, and she is one of my BFFs on Instagram. Um, hi, Alicia. <laughs> hi. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? I am wonderful and happy to be talking to you because you are one of my absolute favorite people that I've ever met on Instagram. Fact. Well, likewise. <laughs> and we actually have met in person, which always is like the gravy on meeting people on Instagram. And it can be like, as I've talked about before, it could be like a weird kind of like, are you really who you say you are? Like, is, are we really going to be friends in real life? But um, quickly upon meeting Alicia and Trevor, her significant other, um, they are both exactly who they are on Instagram and we instantly connected. Um, so tell us a little bit about you, Alicia. Um, well, I am originally from Philadelphia, and then I decided to move out here to be closer to Disneyland and uh, the areas that I like and things that I like to do. I'm a big theme park enthusiast, so to be able to be somewhere where I can go to theme parks 365 days a year is really fun and uh, something that I enjoy. Um, and I'm also... Oh, sorry. Big into fashion. <laughs> yes, yes, and Disney is sort of what brought us together. Yes, 100%. And your Instagram is Miss Alicia M. And when did you get on Instagram? Were you there in the beginning? Like, when did you start to, like, be a part of the platform? Um, I actually started my Instagram back in 2010 when Ooh. Instagram first started. And actually recently someone told me that they found a list of some of the very first like hundred first Instagram accounts or something like that and mine was actually on there what um yeah I randomly found the app going through the app store looking for um like photo apps uh to take photos because there was stuff like Snapseed um and there was a few other ones back in the day and Instagram popped up I didn't know what it was so I just downloaded it it was free and I saw you could just post pictures, and it kind of saved them. I didn't know what hashtags were. I didn't know anything. I think I posted a picture of my cat, and maybe it got one like, and I thought it was so cool. Um, and then I guess for Disney, I kind of started uh, curating my page about two or three years ago. Um, before that, was more just personal, like, here's my night out, you know, partying with my friends or hanging out or going to a concert. Um, and then I kind of started to curate it more towards fashion and fun and theme parks and stuff like that. Nice. And um, that's amazing that you were one of the first 100. <laughs> like, what an amazing... I'm list. an OG nerd over here. You are a serious OG Instagram person. I love it. <laughs> so what was sort of... And I've never changed my name either. Really? That was something... Yeah, there's, a, there's like a new feature, I guess, that they did for some of the accounts that... They said it, they reach a certain amount of people, and you can look on the accounts and see, like, the account history and, um, like, account statistics, and it'll tell you how long they've been there, um, if they've ever had a name change, and how many times they've changed their name and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I've never changed my name in all these years. <laughs> That's amazing. I guess if you get in on the first hundred and you find something that, like, that you like. Like, I really want a nerd in the city, but it wasn't available for so long. So I was like, nerd in the city 01. And like, I hated it so much, but I wanted to <laughs> hold out for nerd in the city till I finally got it. And then like, now it's something completely different. But <laughs> um, it's nice when you like, get your thing going, and you don't have to change it. So that's kind of funny. Um, so what tell us a little bit about your journey with Disney. Are you like from childhood? Uh, did you come back to it? Like, what's your story with Disney? Um, I was pretty much born and raised on Disney. Uh, my mom is not a big Disney person. Uh, she's actually never been to any of the parks, but my parents were divorced and my dad was a Disney fan. Um, so I remember being young and every Sunday we would like pull out all of those old bubble case VHSs and watch the like, Mary Poppins or Robin Hood. Robin Hood is a big favorite of mine. Um, Sword in the Stone, stuff like that. And I just, I really, like, I have such vivid memories of those bubble case VHSs. <laughs> Um, and we would watch those and then every year my dad would take us down to, well, take me, I was an only child for a long time, um, take me down to 
Disney World, and we would stay at, you know, the Poly or the Contemporary, which was always fun, um, and go to Disney World for a week or two. And it's probably, like, my fondest memory I have with my dad because he's definitely the person that got me into it. Um, And then I'd say, like, growing up, you definitely go through that awkward phase, you know, where you're 12 to 15 or even maybe a little bit older than that where Disney isn't cool and you kind of get made fun of, you know, or you don't want to be on the family vacation. You want to kind of do your own thing. So I went through that phase, but Disney has always kind of been in my heart. It's something I would always wear, you know, a Mickey t-shirt or have a Mickey sticker on my trapper keeper or something like that. And I think I just aged myself by saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm with you you in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's definitely something that's always been with me. And then as I got older and I had the ability to travel more, you know, I would still go to Disney World on my own a um, couple times a year. And then I got my annual pass, and I was pretty much down there like every other weekend when I lived in Philly because the flights were so cheap. Um, and then I moved to California. And now I'm, I live a mile from Disneyland, and I'm there all the time. Living your <laughs> so. best life ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I try. <laughs> I remember going through like that awkward, like too cool for Disney, but kind of still wanted to like it. Um, in like fifth grade, my friend and I would like bet each other how many times we could watch The Lion King over the weekend. And then we'd come, <laughs> come back and like be like, I watched it 20 times. And she'd be like, I watched it 30 times. And I was like, well, I forgot about 12 times. I watched it 40 times. <laughs> like <laughs> That was super cool of us in the fifth grade, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think there was this whole, like, the, the period of time with, like, uh, Treasure Planet and Atlantis came out that I just didn't watch any of those. So, like, yeah. I missed this whole, like, section of Disney that I just was super too cool for school. And, like, everybody's like, you haven't seen Treasure Planet. I was like, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting to go back and, like, fill in the blanks. <laughs> there's a, there's an era for me, um, kind of like the Hercules. Oh, um yes. Tarzan, that era was something that I wasn't super familiar with because that was the time frame when I was kind of too cool for it. Mm. Um, and it's, I, I love those movies now, but I still think that's probably my least favorite era of animation style for Disney. Um, I didn't like the animation on those characters, but I like the movies and I like what they did with those characters. Yeah, that's like the era that I remember most, I think, um, is like Pocahontas, Mulan. Tarzan, Hercules, like all of those for some reason, but uh, I don't, I've never seen Lilo and Stitch, which was like out of my realm of interest, which is still weird to me because I feel like I would love it, but I just, I keep forgetting to go back and watch it. (laughs) Fact is, I love Stitch as a character. I don't actually really care for Lilo and Stitch the movie. Oh, interesting. Um, I like his, I like his spunk and I like like what he is and because he's kind of just like this outcast you know creature um but he's i don't care for the movie i mean the message of it is great um but yeah again i think it's the animation style especially of lilo that i'm just like meh it's all right and i think pixar started to like blow up then as well and i got really heavily into pixar so i went that route did and you just met stitch elvis for um mickey's not so scary right Yes, and it was amazing, and it's probably the best stitch I've ever seen. <laughs> I love that. I think that, like, sometimes the characters transcend their movies, and I think Stitch is kind of like that. Was there Were there yeah. any movies that you, like, missed out on that you've never seen that people are like, I can't believe you haven't seen that one? Um, not that I know of. Um, I mean, not as far as Disney, uh... Trevor makes fun of me because I haven't seen Fantastic Beasts, and I love Harry Potter, but I've never seen Fantastic Beasts. It's Um, weird because it's sort of adjacent. It's like, yeah, it's Harry Potter, but it's got such a different feeling. I mean, I like them too, but, like, I haven't seen the second one yet, and Harry Potter was a movie I saw, like, on opening night, like, the night before at midnight. Like, that was not an option. And these feel a little bit different. Um, So I feel like... I'm just not as excited about them. I know. And Johnny Depp... I just can't with him being Grindelwald. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> you know, Johnny Depp, to me, 
uh, he was fantastic in our, in like back in my youth, I mean, Johnny Depp, he was such like a heartthrob and he was, you know, so dreamy and everything. And then in pirates, he was great, but I think pirates kind of damaged his career in the sense that he's only Jack Sparrow now. I agree. Um, I don't really, I don't see him as anything else. I think that he took on that role. I mean, it's great because he, you know, definitely embodied Jack Sparrow, but I think he's just now Jack Sparrow in real life. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And he gets cast as Jack Sparrow's, like quirky, like Mad Hatter, Edward Scissorhands. And well, Edward Scissorhands was OG. That doesn't count. But um, uh, Willy Wonka, like, uh, and Grindelwald, oh. I think, falls into those like strange characters that are uh, like. But and that's why I don't feel like it fits in Harry Potter. And I think just to diverge onto the Harry Potter world, which I think is Disney adjacent. It's weird to me that Harry Potter's not somehow part of Disney because it seems like it should be. But um, I don't know why, but it just does to me. But I agree with you. I think he got he got like in this weird Jack Sparrow groove and just like never left it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that's just who he is now. And a lot of the other characters, like I might be in the in the rare unpopular opinion, but him as Willy Wonka was probably one of the creepiest things I think oh. I've ever seen. Oh. And it was terrifying to me. Oh. And uh, him as the Mad Hatter, I get it, but I just really didn't like that movie. Yes. Yeah, um, I thought it was aesthetically beautiful, but just overdone. And he overacted that part. <laughs> yeah. Again, another thing where like, if he had brought, if he had brought what he brought to Jack Sparrow, which was fresh and different and something we'd never seen before, and that's what made it such an iconic character and made him perfect for that role. But if he could somehow transfer that into other characters, I feel like he he's an amazing actor. I just feel like he's gotten in this like weird Tim Burton groove that he never got out of. <laughs> yeah, like that's just that's just he was Tim Burton's muse and then I don't know what happened <laughs> and then he became Tim Burton he just lived in Tim Burton's brain now that's where he lives because even like even <laughs> um, much. The, the wolf in Into the Woods which is that's my second favorite Broadway musical of all time it, that's like a miscasting and, and an overdone weird creepy thing you know like not the wolf's supposed to be creepy but I don't know it's 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 like, I love seeing him, but even Jack Sparrow's become, like, weird in the other subsequential movies. He's, he, like, lost yeah, it's, that. it's gone downhill, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Ah, well, we got a little Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp tangent. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> so you mentioned your love of Disney fashion, which is something that I, too, love. I, I went to school for fashion design and um, have really found, um, I don't use my degree in any way, shape, or form, other than to sort of like express myself on Instagram. So tell us a little bit about your love of fashion, Disney fashion, how it all came about. Um, as far as fashion, it probably started uh, when I was a lot younger. Um, I used to actually go with my mom to like antique stores and I would always go find like the trunk that had the old like prom 80s and you know, 70s, 80s prom dresses and, um, you know, wedding gowns, and I would have her buy them for me, and I would, you know, prance around the house in them and everything like that, and then as I got older, I definitely, I, I took to fashion probably because um, my dad was into dressing us very nicely, um, so I got into wearing, you know, all the bright 80s fashion, you know, Z Cavarici jeans, and hyper-color shirts, and wigwam socks, and LA gear sneakers with, like, the multicolor laces and everything. Um, so I was super into that. And then I guess in my teenage years, I definitely just derailed off of all of that and turned into like a punk rock, like raver type kid. <laughs> so it was still like, you know, very different um, and kind of marched to my own beat. I, I didn't have like a, you know, like not like a pigeonhole type fashion. It was whatever I felt like throwing on and putting together. That's kind of how I was. Um, and then growing up now is kind of the same. I like to theme my outfits. I don't say I Disney bound because Disney bound is a lot of color blocking, um, and, you know, dressing to really, um, I guess, you know, represent a certain character. I like to theme to like an entire ride. Like if someone's going to do a character, that's great. You look wonderful, but I'm a little extra and I'm just going to do the entire ride or the entire land or the entire movie. <laughs> um, 
So I, I definitely think my style of Disney fashion is, is more, I always say theming, not Disney bounding. Um, you know, it, it, I try to pick aspects of a movie that I'll represent and I always style around accessories. So I'll start with a pair of ears mm-hmm. and then I work from that, you know, or if I see um, a bag that I like, I'm like, okay, that bag has Donald on it. Now let's find ears and then I'll sort out the outfit. Um, and that's, Maybe the backwards way to do it. I don't know. Most people add the accessories at the end. Um, but that's kind of the way I do it. And I do wear a lot of dresses. I guess vintage inspired is probably more what you would call it because it's not a lot of actual vintage. Um, but you'll still catch me wearing a t-shirt and jeans. You know, it gets cold out or I just want to be comfortable. <laughs> uh, but I still try to theme even that, you know, wherever I'm going, even if I'm going to like a food festival, I'll wear something that goes with the food festival. If I'm going to Knott's Berry Farm, I'll wear something that's themed towards that. Um, you know, Universal, I always try to bust out some horror stuff, you know, monsters or um, Beetlejuice, you know, stuff that isn't at Disney. So it's it's kind of just whatever I'm feeling that day, but Disney, I definitely put a lot of effort into a lot of time, um, a lot of scouring the internet for things that people don't have yet or people haven't done yet. Um, you know, random pieces. Um, today I'm actually dressing up as the broom from Fantasia. So, uh, you'll see those pictures soon. Um, (laughs) but yeah, you know, everyone does Mickey and I'm going to be a broom. I love it. (laughs) And I love I love that Disney has like sort of inspired this whole um, this whole thing. Like not just Disney bounding, it is really sort of taken on its own flair. Disney bounding is a very specific um, thing, um, like you were saying. But I also think it's interesting how they've responded with their merchandise to what they've seen. Yes. You know, um, we talked a little bit about that. How the shops on Etsy and Instagram have really forced them to sort of respond with new, fun, different, crazy things. Yeah, there, I mean, I just saw that they released all the new ears, I think, what, in Epcot with all the different walls as yeah. the bow. Yeah. Um, and you do see a lot. I mean, it's a shame because there are a lot of, you know, great shops out there that I love um, that have been around for a long time. And you do see that Disney is catching on and, and they're watching. They know we all exist on Instagram. They have teams watching. They know what's popular. And unfortunately, Disney can just take whatever they want um, because in the grand scheme of things, we're all just taking from Disney. Right. Um, so, you know, they see something that works. I think there was those that pair of, like, Mickey bar ears or something that kind of went viral a while back that Disney took from a small shop. And it's sad because everybody's trying to be creative, but we do all have to keep in mind that Disney is where we all got our ideas from in the first place. Yeah, but I, but you do see sort of partnerships too come about from that. Like I've seen like DN Handbags has ha- had like great success by partnering with them and they didn't start off yep. being under the Disney brand. Um, the Lost Bows, Bros and Pixie Traveler both just had a collaboration with Basin Fresh, um, which is Disney's like soap brand. And so I, I think it's interesting to see when they do respond with partnerships and um, obviously yeah. it's tough cause they can't do it with everybody, but they, but that has been a component, which is really interesting and, um, v- wonderful to see because I think it's a lot of people that we love and a lot of people we follow or have interactions with as part of the Disney community. Um, so that's been really. Cake worthy is another one oh, that yes. did that. Yes. They, I mean, they're in the Disney store now. Yeah. So, I mean, they really. They started out with those flannels years ago, and, you know, they worked hard, and they went after it, you know, which was great for them. Yeah, so it is it is a symbiotic relationship, but I remember the Mickey Bar ear ones coming out, too, and being like, oh, that sucks, but also, ah, what can you do? Because it's like, I think 10 years ago, they would have slapped restraining orders on anyone making anything, because that's really what they were doing, was trying to stop recreations or representation of that way and now they're really like sort of leaning into it um which sometimes does mean taking a style that they see that works which it's right it's like this weird sort of juxtaposition what are what are some of your favorite vendors that you love working with i know you have a lot and we can i can like tag them all somewhere we can have like a huge like resource somewhere but like what are some that you constantly find yourself going back to or that maybe you rep or talk to all the time or I mean, I definitely would have to mention Foolish Mortal Supply Co. They were 
the first shop I ever found, um, basically for t-shirts and stuff. Um, and I took to them just because of their really bright colors, but they're on black shirts, which I loved. Um, and the artwork was definitely unique. You know, they weren't taking just, you know, Mickey Mouse and altering it or something. They were doing really cool, like, attraction shirts and stuff, which I loved. Um, and they've actually become good friends of mine. So, you know, there's that. But they were definitely the first. Um, you know, Lost Rose, always a, a classic um, shop. They've also been around forever. Uh, they do great designs. Um, I really enjoy 3D printed ears. Um, so, you know, mainstream marbles is great. She does a lot of hand painting on her 3d ears, which is definitely unique. Um, not so hidden Mickey. They're another one. They 3d print, not only their ears, but their entire headband, which is great. Cause it makes them really lightweight. Um, and then you have, um, like Aloha ears. They're definitely like OG 3d printed ears. They've been around forever. They have great classic designs. You know, their interchangeable ears are great for traveling, which I love. <laughs> um, we've got ears. Uh, Emily is really, really, she, she creates unique cloth ears. Um, you know, she has fabrics that no one has. She puts a lot of effort into it. And then she also does things like, you know, Mickey, um, beret hats and stuff like that and her ties which i really like um red feather apparel they're another really cute company they're doing t-shirts um i'm on the spot here <laughs> <laughs> i know there are so many too that's kind of i know um, i mean you know as far as for me i used to do a lot more of the t-shirts and stuff but now i do a lot of dresses um so there are some like companies like collective um, there are UK based company that does like vintage inspired, um, dresses, pinup girl clothing. Um, and a lot of these companies are made in the USA, which I also like, I mean, collective obviously is because they're a UK company, but, um, like pinup girl clothing, um, unique vintage is a, they have their own brand, but then they also carry a lot of the other brands, um, like retrolicious and Fulter, which are also, um, made here, local brands. Um, that do like vintage inspired, which I really like. Um, well, uh, shop Harvey's obviously I have oh. to give them a little, a little shout out as you know. Um, they do some really amazing handbags. They do Disney, uh, they do holiday seasonal, um, handbags and they're all made with, um, seatbelts, which is awesome. They're super adorable. I use them for my park bags all the time because you can literally just like, do anything with that bag and it holds up and they can be washed which is great it doesn't you know the prints don't fade and they are orange county originals and uh as they're saying says it's made with love and uh, i 100 back that because they're an amazing amazing company and they're another um, one who has seen some they're in they're in stores at disney springs and um yeah i think at downtown disney and in cali too right uh, they have their main storefront in Santa Ana um, out here in Orange County. And then they did, they started doing some Disney um, uh, Disney lines a few years ago. Um, and that's when I first found them, actually, was in Disney Springs in Florida. Mm. Uh, they had this um, Mickey and Friends bag. It has like Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Minnie, you know, the Fab Five on it. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. I saw it. I loved the design. It was simple, but it was amazing. And I like bought it instantly. And then I pretty much followed their journey ever since. And even their non Disney items, I, I like them because they're good, like just color, you know, everyday bags. Um, uh, but yeah, they, they do, uh, releases, um, certain times a year for, uh, you know, Disney, stuff but then they'll also do a parks line so they just did sorcerer mickey recently um and they had a full line of that for their store and online and then i believe it's on it's in two weeks on saturday i'll check the date on that they're going to be releasing a parks edition for sorcerer mickey um so you'll have a few new items for that i think it's on the 15th Ooh. um you'll have a few new items for that that are only going to be you know in the park but it's all for, you know, Mickey's 90th, which is something we've been celebrating all year. <laughs> yes, we have. That's another thing as far as, like, um, branding and everything. Mickey, true Mickey, has been everywhere this year in celebration uh -huh. for the 90th. Um, and that's that's been another cool thing to see because it's 
it's some partnerships where you wouldn't even expect, you know, and then all of a sudden Mickey's plastered on it. Um, yep. Or designers that, that you've never seen done, do Mickey things before. Um, and that's sort of in response to, I think, even more in response to the, the Instagram community and like the Etsy shops, which is really interesting to see and fun. It's so fun. I, I mean, I have to assume that Mickey Mouse is like at the level of Michael Jackson when it comes to like pop icon. I mean, he's up there with yeah. Prince and Madonna and Michael Jackson, right? Yeah, he's not bigger <laughs> because because he's also global, and I think that that's like the other thing with him is that people who don't speak English and it does it's not about like it's not an American thing, even though he was born here. You know, he has transcended right. America, um, not only because there are other parks, but because just of who he is of the magic and the joy that we find there it really transcends just america yeah i mean mickey is definitely a, he's i i assume he's got to be the most recognizable pop icon ever i mean above pretty much anything else i think there's not a person in this world that wouldn't know who mickey mouse is yeah i i agree i think also because we the entry point often is childhood and think about like I didn't know Michael Jackson when I was a kid because I didn't, I wasn't really allowed to listen to like his music or Madonna, right. <laughs> definitely not Madonna, but like also those pop stars are like sort of something that you can really appreciate as a teen or when you're older, but like Mickey is something that you like can have an entry point with as young as like two, three as years old. Yeah. And I think that the longevity of, of the love for him is something that like, transcends those other other areas of pop culture I think yeah I would definitely agree with that yeah so another one of your deep loves is horror <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is baffling yeah. to me because I can't I can't with it but I love hearing you talk about it what tell us about your love of horror where it came from what goes on um again probably just me being a little bit of a quirky kid um, and into stuff that was different. Um, I remember that I was allowed to watch Poltergeist at a very young age. And I loved the, <clears throat> pardon me, I loved the aspect of the movie. I loved everything about it except that clown. That clown is the reason I'm afraid of clowns, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> um, but I got really into it. Um, and then I saw Halloween, which Ooh. is hands down my all-time not just favorite horror movie but it is my all-time favorite movie oh, wow. um it embodies everything about a horror movie and it's halloween based which is like you know that's when everybody you know gets into horror movies and scary movies and stuff like that um i i really stick to kind of classic classic horror I guess you would say like I love the old monsters like Frankenstein mummy Dracula I love the I love how they were like romantic back in the day um you know you wouldn't have that now monsters are, are meant to be scary but for some reason we all fell in love with Frankenstein you know we all look yeah. at Dracula as this you know seductive vampire they're like oh Dracula but no Dracula's gonna kill you you know like <laughs> Um, so I really, I, I like the way that Universal did the monsters and then especially like really campy seventies and eighties slasher flicks. I mean, they're so over the top. They're so outrageous. They're so ridiculous. Um, I, I just, I love that genre. Um, new horror, not so much. I think it kind of turned into this weird torture, uh, genre that I'm not into. I'm not into the brutal aspect i'm into a good monster that's hiding in your closet you know um a good ghost story i do really like a lot of the paranormal movies that james wan has done like the conjuring um and annabelle uh those movies i i, I find them to be like just sitting around and reading uh like that old book um i don't remember the author but it was like scary scary stories to tell in the dark Ooh. i think is what it was um <laughs> And those stories remind me of that. They're like a good classic ghost story. Something that you feel like, okay, I'm watching this, but what's in my closet? What's going to come up behind me? Um, is the door going to open on its own? So I really like that paranormal uh, realm of horror. Uh, and then just the imagery. Like, I'm sitting here right now and I'm looking and I have like all of the classic monsters and pictures on my wall and like my horror 
Funko Pops and stuff like that. I, I love the imagery of a lot of it. I think that Jason is, like, iconic. You see him and you just, he's like Mickey Mouse. You know Jason. Um, <laughs> Not quite you the know, same and, level. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, you can't mistake that hockey mask and that machete if he's coming at you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, and even, even into Halloween, I love going to all of the haunted houses. Um, I like the sets that they do for them. So I, I take it in as more like an overall experience. Um, you know, the stories that go into it and the sets that go into the haunted houses more so than just the actors that pop out and try to scare you. I'm always the one that's looking the opposite way. So I get scared anyway, but I'm always like, Ooh, look at this, this painting that they did over here in this scary tree. And then there's like a guy with an ax coming after me, but you know, <laughs> So, yeah, because on the other side of the theme park pond is Universal, and they have their Halloween Horror Nights, which you love. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> tell us which are the which of the haunted houses from this year like really got you? Because they had the whole '80s theme, which I thought was cool, and it made me like want to go for like five seconds, and then I was like, oh, but I hate being scared. Never mind. <laughs> I would have gone um, for you. That would have pulled me in, but I still did it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, um, you know, we. As far as theme parks, I'll preface this first, is that Universal Orlando is a lot bigger than... ...itself, I like Universal Orlando a lot better. As far as Halloween Horror Nights, I think Universal Hollywood does a way better job. I would say that is because Hollywood is an actual working studio. Yeah, um, I can see that. So they, they had a, their houses were a lot better this year. Um, and in comparing the two houses, they both had a poltergeist house, which, as I said, that was, like, my first horror movie, so I loved that house. It actually scared me. Um, I had a lot of fun in it. It did its job. It's, you know, it's supposed to scare you. It did its job. It was a good one. Um, I really like sci-fi as well, so they had the Stranger Things mazes, which were fantastic. They were massive. They really did a good job with the theming inside of them. Um and really, like, pulling all aspects of the show and the music because it's all 80s. I love it. I absolutely love it. It was great. That was the one I wanted um, to see the most. I was, like, so sad that I hate scary things because I would have loved the Stranger Things house. <laughs> yeah, they did a really – I don't know if they – I guess they probably did do it in Florida. But out here they did a, a – like, I think it was, like, a week after – um, Halloween ended, they kept the Stranger Things maze open and you could go through during the day with no actors and the lights on so you could just see the sets and everything. Um, oh, I and that. I think... <laughs> what? I would have liked that. <laughs> it was really... It was neat. Especially out here, it, the Stranger Things maze was built on a sound stage, which is the first time for Universal Hollywood that they did a maze of that size and used one of the actual sound stages on the lot. Um, so it was really, really neat to go through it and see everything with the lights on it, just be able to slow down and not be in a group, not worried about something scaring you, and just look at all of the set details and stuff that you don't it, – it's just there when you walk through. But when you walk through the lights on you say, wow, there's actually, like, writing on that paper on that desk that makes sense. You know, they really put a lot of thought into it, which is great. Yeah, I've been to, not Halloween Horror Nights, but I've been to both Universals, and I did find um, the Hollywood one, the Backlot Tour, I feel like really represents what is different about that one versus this one, and it is that, like, true Hollywood, soundstage-y sort of um, experience, and I and I think it's cool that they brought that to the haunted houses, too. Yeah, it's, I definitely, you know, how the Universal here, I, I don't care so much for the rides. Um, really, I don't like those 3D rides. They, they hurt my head. Oh, um, <laughs> but I do love going on that studio tour. I, I, it's a lot of fun. I love when the Jaws part is my favorite because Jaws is the one thing I miss most about old Universal here and so having yeah. him over there even just a little like makes me so happy I like almost cried I was so happy to see him <laughs> <laughs> like um the way you're talking about like the romance of monster movies is how I felt watching Jaws I f not that Jaws is okay. like romantic in any way <laughs> but I mean I, I mean in the way that like you like 
I don't know, sort of like King Kong. I don't know, like those kinds of things I really like about scary movies. Like that's the kind of scary that I like. So I like what you're, I like all that that you were saying about that. Um, it's the like, it's the like mind bendy ones I can't handle. But um, monsters and stuff like that I really love. And Jaws was is one of like my favorite scary movies in a different kind of way, I guess. He's. I mean, it scared me from the beach, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I don't know if he counts as, like, a classic, like, horror movie, but it's definitely scary. Yeah, I, I put Jaws as a monster. Okay, okay, good. I mean, definitely. <laughs> I, good, good, good. Especially because, like, in the in the sequels, like, he targets the family. Like, he's back and he targets the, like, kid or whatever. So he's got, like, some sort of mentality going on behind the sharkness, right? Yeah, and, I mean, you figure, you, you got to put him in the realm of, like, Jason and Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger because like they blow him up and he yeah. comes back. Yeah, he's got longevity. <laughs> like, I mean, he's definitely in that realm of you know that doesn't make sense, but let's all go for it. It works. Now I do have to note. I put in my notes that like horror and Disney are like so opposite in my brain. Like, how do they exist in your mind? Um. I guess lots of opposites exist in people's minds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have to remember I'm a natural blonde, so my mind probably doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it's a little all over the place. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> I, I don't know that they they really um, they, they come together, but I do think, you know, there are aspects. If It's something that I've actually read a lot about. There's a lot of dark sides of Disney. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of books that you can read about it. Um, you know, things that have happened at Disney parks that are not disclosed. Um, you know, you do have the haunted mansion, the lore of one of the mansions being actually haunted. Um, you know, certain rides that maybe accidents have happened on and they say that they're haunted now. Um, I think there's, there's definitely a tie into that. There's definitely aspects of Disney that you're like, okay, that could be a little creepy. That could be a little scary. Um, but as a whole, no, they don't go together at all. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that, I do think that Snow White scary adventure thing is horrifying. Yeah, that's terrifying. (laughs) Um, you know, there are, you know, there are definitely things in Disney movies that I think they, they, they utilize to, to sell their, their lesson. Yeah. Um, you know, there are scary aspects. I mean, if you look at Scar in Lion King, he's terrifying. He kills you Mufasa. Know? <laughs> what? Like, he straight up kills, murders Mufasa. Like, that is dark. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> definitely aspects of these movies that are, um, you know, dark imagery. Yeah. And, I mean, look at Chernabog. You know, it's, it's terrifying. Maleficent? Yeah. I mean... You know, you, you do have aspects of horror. I just think in a horror movie, they basically teach you, like, okay, you don't want to be the dumb girl that runs up the stairs because you're going to die. Um, you definitely don't want to be the promiscuous girl because she never makes it. Um, the nerdy guy will win and always, you know, make it out alive. The jock will uh-huh. die. <laughs> you know, so you, you definitely want to pay attention to those lessons because then you translate into Disney it's like okay the smart one you want to be the smart one that problem solves and gets away from Maleficent and does this and this and this you know so I guess on that aspect maybe they would be connected but no not really other other (laughs) than like villainy plays a part in both but I think that Disney does utilize their villains in order to teach the lesson whereas horror uses the villains to just scare the crap out of you while there are lessons to be learned they are not. Yeah, don't run upstairs in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Isn't there a Geico commercial that like plays on horror films where it's like, um, if you're in a horror film, you're gonna do d- dumb things like they run into the shed with all the knives or whatever. Yes, yes. And the Mac and the axe murder is like, oh, these guys. <laughs> I always like that. And you never, you, you never want to be the babysitter on Halloween. No. You never want to do that. No, that always goes wrong. <laughs> Yeah, always. <laughs> I feel like Jurassic Park might fall into the like horrifying Jaws-ish category, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I think I think Jurassic Park is definitely terrifying. If you thought that like that could actually really happen, like they could create dinosaurs, which I would love if they did, but it'd be terrifying. <laughs> Um, but it's like, I think everyone just universally loves dinosaurs and the lore of dinosaurs. I don't know that everyone loves sharks. 
Agreed. I know, I'm not sure. <laughs> My mom does. My mom watches Shark Week religiously, and she loves learning about sharks. She doesn't, like, want one for a pet or anything, but, like, that will be weird. <laughs> But she You're like, gonna come home. There's a shark in the bathtub. Like, oh, don't mind Jaws over there. You're like, mom, this is a poor idea. You are gonna be the one who dies in this horror film. But clearly, <laughs> clearly. Um, but yeah, I think I think Jurassic Park is probably in the realm of like the fantastical. Couldn't like King Kong. Like, you know, falls maybe yeah. falls more in the King Kong realm. Um, and I mean, I guess there are some horror films I liked. I didn't even realize. I just never thought of them as horror. But they are horrifying <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, like horror, uh, monster, sci-fi. I think they kind of all fall into that same, the same realm. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so one of the things that you created this year out of your Instagram was the hashtag and and the actual account of Creatures of the Park, um, which talk a little bit about that um, and in response to a little bit of what you were seeing um on Instagram or what do you wanted to like re represent on Instagram? How'd that all come about? Um, so creatures kind of came about, I was, um, not having a hard time, I would say, but for me being, um, unique, I would say, I mean, everybody's unique. So I don't, I don't like to use that word because everybody's unique in their own way, but, um, different than what you see on a lot of the Disney Instagrams, um, with my look and being heavily tattooed, having, you know, different colored hair, uh, my style not being very specific to one thing or another. It was hard to kind of break into the, the Disney Instagram community. Um, and it was hard to have people, you know, take me seriously. Or if I bought a piece of merch and I took a fantastic picture, you know, they wouldn't repost it or acknowledge it. Um, but you would see the same people over and over again. And as, as much as I have self-confidence, you know, when you put a lot of effort into something and with something like Instagram, when it's, you're really only there for, you know, you meet people, obviously it's a connecting social media site, but you also do want to get, you know, someone to recognize, Hey, I put work into this photo, you know, I wore your outfit and you know, I, I, I really was proud of this photo. You want that recognition. Um, and I was having a hard time and I realized that it was because of my looks um, and as bad as that is to stay, <laughs> it was, um, and I would get down on myself and stuff like that. But then I, I had a lot of shops that actually did reach out and a lot of people that did reach out. And I, I thought as my page is growing, I want to use my platform to kind of bring about awareness to a lot of the other people that are in this community and not just the very bubble gum, um, I think, you know, the kids use the word basic these days. Um, but a lot of the more bubble gummy, you know, Instagram accounts, um, so I was talking with Trevor about it and I said, I want to start a hashtag. And he's like, what? what are you talking about? And I'm like, something about like inclusion, um, acceptance, something where you have all of, all of the little, like the misfits and the super art, you know, creative types that could come together and feel like they have a community and they don't feel outcasted anymore. Um, so I was just sitting on the couch and I kind of took to my Instagram and started a story and just started babbling about it. Um, and I ended it by saying, you know, like let's start a hashtag, let's do something. And I didn't have any clue what I was doing. I woke up the next morning and I didn't get out of bed for probably about five or six hours because I couldn't get through all the messages. Um, I, it was just message after message after message. It was amazing. It was also a little heartbreaking reading everybody's stories um, of how they felt. And I realized I wasn't the only one. And I realized whatever I was doing, whatever my brain was thinking, I had to get it on track and do something because I realized that there was a whole community out here that was feeling the way I was feeling. And I knew that what I was doing was the right thing. I just had to harness the, the creative, you know, energy and figure out how to do it. Um, so I put out like a little, um, PSA, like, you know, hit me up, uh, send me a DM, let me know your ideas for the hashtag. And we came up with creatures of the parks, which I actually was a little hesitant about at first because I wasn't sure if people would feel offended by being called creatures. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really cute. Um, and everybody was really into it. I had a lot of really amazing ideas, but everybody really liked that. So we went with that. Um, and then I started the page about a week after and, um, it's definitely difficult keeping up with two pages, but you know, I, I try my best. Um, 
and the response has been great. It's actually enabled me to meet a lot of new people that I didn't know were out there in the Instagram world that I've actually become great friends with. Um, I do a feature every Monday. I try to share about 10 or so um, people from the hashtag uh, on my story, and then I'll pick one person and feature them on my actual page. And then about every two weeks, I go through and I'll share you know, three to five people on the Creatures of the Park's actual Instagram page. Um, and it's just been a really great response. I think it, 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 I don't know what going viral, you know, means. I don't know what the terms for that is, but it makes me very happy that when I look at the hashtag, I mean, we're approaching almost 19,000 posts on the hashtag. And I think it's maybe four months old, which is incredible to me. Um, I never thought it would do that. And it, I've had so many people message me that they've met so many friends through it. They've been able to feel more comfortable styling clothes, uh, feel more comfortable posting on Instagram. It was crazy to me that there were so many people that felt that they couldn't post on Disney Instagram because they didn't look like other Instagrammers. And that, like, broke my heart. Like, I cry sometimes when I read some of the messages, but I'm so happy that now they feel more comfortable. You know, now they're like, I don't care how I look. I don't care what color my skin is, what orientation I am, what anything, like I'm going to post and I'm going to be happy about it, you know, and I'm going to be proud of myself and I'm going to, you know, be who I am. And I think that's really what it was all about is just really learn to accept yourself and accept others. You know, we're all in this together and we all know who Mickey Mouse is and maybe some of us know who Jason is, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's not about numbers, you know, it's about friendship and that's really what it should be about is about friendship. Um, and I think even some of the bigger accounts, you know, that maybe only, uh, you know, took to some of the other bigger accounts, you know, I think it's, it's shown everybody that there's a whole world of creative people out here. There's a whole world of kids that just want one like, you know, there's a whole world of people that are doing things that are incredible with fashion that are do. I mean, some of the people that I've found, I'm like, where have you been? You're such a magical, like unicorn be in my life. You know, like <laughs> it's, it really is. It's, it's amazing what it has done and I hope it keeps going. And even if it's something that, you know, I maybe can't keep up with, I would pass it on to someone else that could keep it going. You know, it, it's, it's something that means a lot to me. So yeah, I definitely think you struck a chord and I remember when it all went down and just and just watching it and being like, "Yes, that's exactly what what we need." And it's not just Disney. It's it's on Instagram overall because it is a curated lifestyle that you're showing people that that sometimes the message of um humanity I think gets lost because you see these really perfectly done pictures and to add the message behind it to say like that's that may be really who I am if I do look like that, but I, I need to lean into whatever I am. And I think that seeing you do this is like evidence of you leaning into who you are and what you look like and who you represent. And, and I think like that has been really inspiring to watch and I'm lucky to be friends with the creator of such an amazing thing. But also just like watching you prior to us becoming in real IRL friends, um, really recognizing you as, as somebody who does that. And I think that that's why it struck a chord because everybody feels those insecurities, dude, we all do. And I think the more you, oh, lean, yeah. yeah. And the more you lean into those and say like, I'm not the only one who feels that way. And how can I make everybody know that we are all feeling that way? And that's what makes us amazing and unique and different and worth, worth being here. We, we all belong like because of that. And I think that's sort of what, your campaign really like struck a chord with and it's been like wonderful to watch and I definitely wanted to talk about that a little bit because I think that there is some toxicity within that world not not talking about anyone specifically or any instance or whatever but there can be toxicity when you feel like you're not measuring up um when you feel like you don't fit in like not only does the person uh, responding sometimes have that toxic nature, but the person who's putting things out. So there can be a lot of that, but I think that this is a wonderful response to all of those insecurities and sort of like what can come from loving something so much. Um, and so it's, there there definitely is too. I mean, I, I put a thing out, uh, I think it was last week or so. And, um, you know, I talked about, I had a complete breakdown in the park, 
you know, you see all these pictures that I, you know, we put them up. We all edit them. Yep. We all do it. Yep. Anybody says they don't. We all edit them. We might, like, smooth out a wrinkle. We might, you know, lighten our background or do something, you know. And sure, we put up unedited pictures once in a while. But, it, you know, it, sometimes you want to add a little sparkle in your eye or something. You know, we all do that. And the other day at the park, I was just having a hard time. And it proved that, like, <clears throat> even sometimes I have to real talk myself. Like, you're a real person. Yeah. You know, you're a person, you have, you have flaws and you have to accept those flaws. And I broke down into tears. Oh. And then I thought to myself, like, why am I crying? I'm crying over Instagram right now. And, and Trevor's like, you are, you're crying over Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, all right, let's real talk myself here. Let's, let's smack myself virtually in the face and get back up, put my big girl pants on and realize this is Instagram. You know, you don't, nothing, you don't have to be perfect all the time. And I think that was another thing with Creature in the Parks. Like, you know, you don't have to have a filter on your face every time. If you want to put one on, go ahead. If you want to put glitter all over your body and, you know, wear platform shoes, go for it. You do whatever makes you feel happy. But you do have a responsibility to be real to yourself, too. Um, and I think a lot of times these people forget that you're not necessarily just a picture. You are a real person. So when you see someone in real life, remember that they're real. You know, maybe they had a bad makeup day and their wings aren't straight. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. You know, maybe they didn't feel like putting on makeup that day. Don't trash them for it. Don't beat them up. Maybe a big Instagrammer didn't choose to use her filters on her story. Don't trash her for it. That's her, uh, that's her choice. And I think that was another thing I wanted to bring to light is that you do have to realize that we're all real people. This isn't editorial magazine photo shoots and stuff like that. You know, a lot of this stuff is taken with iPhones. There's imperfections. And we have to accept our imperfections, and so does the rest of the world. Yeah. So to stop bullying people online is, is, is a big thing, you know. Stop picking on people for their weight or their height or, you know, the color of their skin, their hair. You know, they might have tattoos and you don't. You don't understand it. That's fine. You know, but don't pick on people because we're not perfect, you know. And um, I think a lot of accounts also need to real talk themselves sometimes. Like, okay, I'm not always just this pretty, you know, picture. I'm also a real person. I got to be real with people. Yeah, I think that so, that's all, all – that is the dark side of what's come about of social media is sort of this anonymity <clears throat> – of the anonymity of being able to say whatever you want to people who are putting themselves out there. Um and the people who are putting themselves out there doing it in a way that is that isn't representative of who they are sometimes that's not always the case but you do see it sometimes and you're like is that really like do you always wake up like that like i don't know you know yeah. um i mean i wake up looking like ace ventura my hair is all over the place same oftentimes you know my my eyeliner didn't fully come off when i washed my face and i don't feel like fixing it so it comes running down my face in the morning right yeah, it, but, is, it is like the duty both on, there's two parties involved. There's the watcher and the curator, and we both have to, like, live in a symbiotic relationship and take care of each other. And I think that that sometimes we've seen, and we've talked about that, that we've seen that not happen, which is so heartbreaking. And I think that's the reason for a lot of the responses you got to Creatures of the Park, because people have experienced that so deeply. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, it, there's... There's two sides to Instagram, and you really do. I think if one thing I could tell people is if you don't have thick skin, it's probably not the best community for you. I think it's a fantastic community for meeting people and um, getting the word about, about out about creativity and stuff like that, but I do think that it, it can have a lot of harsh social effects, um, and it creates environments where people feel like they're not enough or, you know, like I didn't post for four days and yesterday I'm like, man, I should post. Am I getting forgotten? You know? And I thought to myself, no, I just don't feel like posting. I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, like, um, but you do. And you, I think it creates a lot of like, people forget that filters exist. I think filters are so damaging. We yeah. all use them, yeah. but man, it, it can be damaging because you wake up and you're like, wow, I really look like that. Let me throw a filter on it. But then you have to remember, you're still going to the 7-Eleven looking like you did when you said, oh, let me put a filter on that. Right, like you didn't like, walk out of the house with a filter. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not walking around with a filter on. Um, so I think I think that it creates almost like a false sense of self, mm. if, if that's a way to, uh, you know, 
put it. Um, you know, I, I've even felt it sometimes for myself that I feel like I can't go to the park in my jeans and a t-shirt. I always feel like I have to be like dressed to the nines and I've really started calming down with that. Um, it was a pressure I put on myself. And I think a lot of these other accounts, you feel pressure. Um, and you, you have to, you have to kind of say like, no, it's okay. You know, I don't have to wear a fancy dress every day. <coughs> um, but you do feel pressure, like, oh, what if someone sees me? What if someone, you know, points out that I'm wearing these ripped jeans that don't really fit me or, you know, something? You know, it's it's a weird pressure, and it, it's a little unhealthy, but I think as a whole, as long as you put Instagram where it belongs in your life and you learn to not put it as the most important thing in your life, you can learn to differentiate between the healthy and unhealthy aspects of it. And, and I think calling out those things and saying like, ha, 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 you know, like I, I really do look normal sometimes and, and really being honest in the midst of it saying like, yeah, I did my makeup for this picture. I was wearing a kicking outfit and I'm proud of it and I like that. But I think that, I think that Instagram stories has been an excellent addition in that it has allowed more people to sort of show behind the scenes without a filter. Like I don't yeah. use a lot of filters in my stories unless it's like, an obvious one like the kitty cat ears or whatever like I like those are the kinds of filters I try to use in my story because I think they're fun and funny but they're not like unattainable reality whereas in in the posts it is more about like lighting and making sure you can see everything and the details um but the story I think stories has been such a cool addition to really like get to know people um on a different level so I think that that sort of helped the platform become more authentic um I hope for people but that's what I've sort of experienced um which is yeah I would agree with that yeah because I think people like do it without having to feel like they're like, oh, I'm just going to tell you this story and it doesn't matter how I look because I'm really saving that for curating a photo that I want to show off a look or show off accessories or do my makeup for or whatever. But the story is really for, like, I just got out of bed, but I got to tell you my dream or something, you know? like Right, exactly. I, I like that. It's a, it's a more, like, at the moment type thing. Yeah, I think that's been a good addition. Um, all right, so it is time for our rapid-fire questions. Get ready. You did not hear these okay. before. <laughs> I might stutter. Sorry. <laughs> totally okay. <laughs> you can have like a couple seconds to think about them if you need it. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Favorite park? Uh, Disneyland. But I haven't been to Tokyo Disney yet, and I heard that's going to make me uh, change my mind. But And Disneyland you're going sure. soon, right? Yes, April. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I want to hide in your bag. Make room. I'm going to hide in your bag. <laughs> um, okay, favorite ride? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Evil laugh. Uh, Space Mountain in Disneyland, but can I have an addendum to that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and that is purely because it was my dad's favorite ride, but my personal favorite ride is definitely Space Mountain Disneyland. That's a good addendum. That's totally allowed. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't do Space Mountain um, when I was in Disneyland because we have it here, and I was like, I'm not going to go on it. Is it different? It's very different, oh. and it doesn't hurt your back, so just come <laughs> visit again, and we have to go on Space Mountain. <laughs> okay, that's why I stopped riding it here. Okay, I'm definitely going to... It cool. doesn't hurt. It's so smooth, and you sit next to each other instead of behind each other, and there's music, and it's fantastic. That's how the one in Paris was. Okay, yes, I'm excited about that. It's amazing. <laughs> awesome. All right, favorite movie? Animated. Halloween. Oh, animated. Uh, Disney Toy movie. Story. Oh, Disney? Because that's Pixar. It counts. Um, Pixar counts. Okay, so yeah. Toy Story and then Disney would definitely be Robin Hood. Okay. He's like the foxiest, like, I mean, he's a fox, but I mean, like, the hottest animated character, I think, of all time. Right? Why? Like, <laughs> he's, he's just a handsome, suave little fox. What is it about him? <laughs> I, I think that also, I think it translated into making Nick Wilde in Zootopia hot, too. I think it's something about foxes. Well, they're foxy. I guess they are. That's where the ty that's where Foxy came from. It's Robin Hood. <laughs> Favorite Disney princess? Merida. Favorite Disney prince? I mean, 
Does Flynn Rider, he's not really a prince, right? Yeah, he counts because he becomes a prince when he marries her. I would say Flynn Rider. Okay, good call. She, he's my favorite too. Favorite <laughs> villain? Uh, probably Maleficent. Um, she's just so incredible. Um, her powers and everything. But addendum again, Lotso, because he's adorable, smells like strawberries, and he's just misunderstood. <laughs> And he's like a low key, like like a surprising villain, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like he's in that realm, but I don't know. Yeah. You don't expect him to be like as bad as he really as like all that, but he really is. I mean, can I pick Thanos or that? That's Marvel, right? You can pick Thanos. You can put Thanos on the in the hot list because I mean, you could Darth Vader and Thanos belong on any villains list. I think. True. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite Disney song. Oh, jeez. Oh. I don't even know. I, I just really like all of Fantasia, but okay, that that's counts. not. Okay. That count because... Or Spoonful of Sugar. Spoonful of Sugar. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Favorite live action Disney movie? Um, Mary Poppins. Nice. And favorite park snack? Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so much I fun. Got, <laughs> I got to go with classic Mickey pretzel. And that's my favorite too. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it classic. Because you could say churro, but the churros are not universal across the Disney parks. Because yeah, like, we Disneyland's don't have are good so ones. much better. We don't have the best. We don't have good ones over here. So we can't. Yeah, so definitely. I'll go with Mickey pretzel. Nice. All right. Well, that is our episode. Um, thank you for joining me, Alicia. This was fun. Did that? I can't hear you. Oh, I think I just lost you. What'd you do? Well, no. I said, thank you for joining me. And then you went away. Oh, I said, well, thank you for having me. I said, and then I get to see you soon. So that's exciting. I know. I'm so excited. Wait, but I do have to make, we do have to make one mention. I heard a little meowing in the background. Who, who could that be? Oh, that is Freya. Um, she, yes, she, you can hear her. She's like all the way in the other room. I heard her just a <laughs> tiny, tiny bit, but Freya's like a yeah, low key Instagram star. So we have to mention her. I keep getting told that I should make Freya her own page. Um, but I just don't think I could keep up with her. She's too fabulous. That's people were saying that about Trilly too. And I was like, I can't run an entire cat Instagram page. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I just, I don't have time. And, and Freya just has so many things to say all the time. I just, I can't handle it. <laughs> Maybe we need to have a joint Trilly Freya page and we could have like the cats of Instagram. <laughs> there you go. They can do their own podcast. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. It would just be meow, meow, meow. Sassy. I think yours would be like sassy and, and Trilly would be like high energy, like crazy. I think it would just be who we are, but in cat form. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I, Freya, I always say she is... Um, drunk, angry Mrs. Doubtfire. That's that's how her voice comes out. Oh, she's here. Oh, there she um, is. Hi, lady. <laughs> she's like, oh, yes, hello, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I don't know why this podcast is about anybody other than me. I was just I going to mention your Freya voice, which is my one of my favorite things in your stories, because it's so wonderful and represents her so well. Yes, yes, I know. It's, it's fantastic. I have more fans than Alicia, really, uh... <laughs> I've been told that, that people actually turn their volume up when they see my face, but they turn it down when they see hers. <laughs> You're the true star, Freya. It's true. <laughs> yes, I know. That is not news, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, I love you so much. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And in order to follow Alicia and Freya, where should we go? Um, my Instagram is Miss, M-I-S-S, Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A. And M, as in Mary. At, so Miss Alicia M. At Miss Alicia M. That's where you can find all her glorious Instagram magic and be introduced to Freya, which is life-changing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And um, like I said, you mentioned Creatures of the Parks. Um, they can give that page a follow. Um, but definitely use the hashtag because that's what I use um, to go to, like, feature people and stuff like that. And so... People can follow that hashtag. It's probably more interesting than following me, but <laughs> or you could just follow <laughs> you get both. to meet so many cool people. Yeah, at Creatures of the Park. And if you accidentally stumble up at Creatures Creature in the Park, that would be Alicia's significant. Trevor. <laughs> yeah, that's Trevor. 
um, who is also worth following very much as well. Um, well, thank you, Alicia. I, I cannot wait thank to see you. you in January. Celebrate your birthday. and My real birthday. Your real <laughs> birthday. Not your fake birthday? According to Trevor. Uh, you should have a highlight for all of your birthday shenanigans so people can know what that that's all about. <laughs> I think Trevor does on his page. I think it's in his highlights. That's amazing. I mean, you could write a blog about all the birthday celebrations in every restaurant in Disney. That's the truth. <laughs> all the best desserts. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. You could do that. <laughs> How I gained 15 pounds in a week at Disney. <laughs> That's a really good, a really good title for a blog post. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thank you, my friend and talk to you soon and everybody go follow Alicia. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining another episode of Enchanted Chatter. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Take a look at Alicia's Instagram feed. You can find her at Miss Alicia M on Instagram. That's where you can see all the amazing fashions she puts together as well as her and Trevor exploring theme parks around California. Sometimes we're here in Florida and then soon they'll be heading to Tokyo so you won't want to miss that. Um, she always fills in her stories with amazing um, things that are going on in her life so don't miss that. You can also find us online at facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork. That's where you can find out all the things that are going on across the network, and I'd love for you to check out what else we have going on. There's a lot of other podcasts that I bet you'd like, and I'd love for you to take them take a listen. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Random Chatter. I don't have a dedicated um, feed for this particular podcast, but you can find everything with the network at Random Chatter. You could use the hashtag Enchanted Chatter, or you can find me personally at TWT About Lizzie on Twitter. You could also find me on Instagram at The Wonderful Thing About Lizzie, as well as the network at Random Chatter. You can find the rest of our shows that we have to offer at randomchatter.com, and we have a lot. Um, we have a podcast about Star Wars, about Marvel, about The Expanse, about Band of Brothers. Um, if you are looking about DC, if you're looking for a podcast, I bet we have something that you'd be interested in. And that bell you hear in the background is my kitten, Trilly, because I'm actually recording at home tonight. And she is quite an active kitty. Um, so definitely check out randomchatter.com for everything coming down the pipe at the network, um, which is where this podcast is to be found. You can also spread the word and support the podcast the network as a whole. You can leave reviews on iTunes and Google Play as well as Stitcher or you can tell your friends about us. This is a brand new podcast so we are still looking for our audience and so we'd love for you to tell people about us if you like what you hear. If you don't, you don't have to tell them anything. <laughs> and if you want to support us monetarily, we do have a Patreon where we have some perks available at patreon.com slash random chatter and we have just revamped all of our perks so you definitely want to take a look at what we have available. You can also join us on Discord, which is our public channel that we have available on the platform Discord. We have a main lobby and a couple um, podcast channels that are available for you to browse for free. Or for $1 a month, you can get access to the whole thing. And we have all kinds of topics, like from meals uh, to... I don't even know what we have on there these days. We have spoiler channels for any new movie that comes out or television channels. Just any kind of thing um, that you might want to talk about. I bet somebody else in the network is talking about it. So come join us there. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Enchanted Chatter. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, have a magical day. Oh.